Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We got Adam, we got Rihanna, we got me, I'm Caleb, and we are back because we have another Marvel movie in theaters. Guys, uh, how are you doing um, before we get going? Is everyone having a good week? Sure. <laughs> it's very delayed. Rihanna, your wow. house, house shopping, correct? I mean, you're not sure yeah. that much, but it's the joys. Yeah, of I'm just... You know, I have the new job and I'm in the process of trying to move to DC and I, it's very weird. It's like, I feel like I've gotten really good at like shopping for a place to live in New York City and I know what to expect here. And like, I'm really good at looking at pictures of New York City condos and knowing what they really are. And DC is different. I know nothing about the neighborhoods. I know nothing about the area. All I know is I have this job and I'd like to be able to get to it a couple days every couple weeks. And um it is kicking my butt. So Yeah. And the job's a little stressful too. But no regrets yet. No regrets yet. <laughs> no regrets yet, yeah. No regrets. No regrets. Adam uh keep of the cosmos is it pre-sale right diamond is yeah, right? yeah it's a, this is through uh scout too so it's through diamond and lunar whatever your uh shop goes to may something or not may well it comes out in may but it's up for pre-order um through like march 18th i think the date is because of course it's comics you have to pre-order two months in advance but uh yeah that's my next comic out and you can go to any comic store in the world and pre-order it so is that the only way to get it is i have to deal with my local comic book shop yeah yeah yep it's through scout so you can't um, come through me or, or anything like that but uh yeah go to the comic store and, and they can order it and if they say they can't order it they're lying will, um, will it be purchasables purchasable that's the word word um on scout.com or maybe after a while uh yeah it usually it's usually like day and date digitally um i don't know how they stock the because they have a storefront um at headquarters in fort myers or, or wherever they're at um so they do operate a web store out of there but i don't know when the physical copies are stocked gotcha um i'll have i'll have copies um to sell through through my uh my own web store but i don't know when when that'll be yeah sometime after may 10th i just our lo- i know this is not the thing i'm supposed to say as a comic guy i don't like our local comic shop i just don't like messing with them and so yeah. that makes me a little sad yeah, it's I- super awkward because i uh have my pull list at the one there's only one comic store in town and i have my pull list there and they won't buy my comics so that's always awkward like going in um yeah but like i can't not go there because there's no other comic store in cedar rapids yeah. it's cool um it's, so they won't it's they won't pre-order your stuff they haven't yet um but i mean they'll do it for you right like if you said hey i would like a copy of this they'll pre-order it for oh, you yeah I'm, I'm sure yeah they've done a bunch of other weird indie stuff i've added to my pull list so i would hope so unless they have a personal vendetta against me that i don't know about yeah um well that's a big meow you guys hear that no it's <laughs> like a lion roar What's no up? i heard my cat my cat was trying to make an appearance oh maybe she sensed it yeah maybe they're talking 
Just what Caleb always wanted a podcast where our cats talk to each other. Yeah, she doesn't know she's getting a baby brother either. So that's going to blindside her. But we'll see. We'll see how much she's never hissed in the three years I've known her, two and a half years I've known her. She's never hissed. So we'll see if she hisses for the first time next week. I love Right. You want to talk about Marvel? No, let's (laughs) just keep talking about cats, really. (laughs) Please. I hate that Caleb doesn't like talking about cats. I mean, I, 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 it's fine for me that you like them. I just, you know, <laughs> yeah, feel, I do feel a little left out. I just don't. Sorry. Have, that's fine. I just don't care. <laughs> Sorry. It's really hard to not be a pet person because other people like I don't want to be perceived as my disinterest in you as a human being because being interested yeah. in human beings is very important to me. It's just that, you know, I don't have that interest in cats. That's all. Wait, you're not disinterested in human beings? Like, I'm no. very disinterested in several human beings. <laughs> you, you'd be fine. You're fine talking about cats, but if you have to deal with people. That's too much. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's start talking about uh, the Guardians trailer during the Super Bowl. We'll start with trailers. We'll do some news. We'll talk about Quantumania. Um, first of all, I was just surprised Disney did not um there wasn't a big marvel push i felt like at the super bowl they kind of let heineken do the heavy lifting for them for ant-man and then the guardians had like 30 seconds before kickoff even happened and i don't know there's a little bit of that like we're a hundred don't you love disney that had marvel but like no marvel's trailer which we can talk about in a minute makes more sense now no secret invasion anything i mean i was just a little surprised by all that I really hated how they did the Guardians trailer in the Super Bowl. Like, the Super Bowl is an event that you watch with other people. Like, even if you don't care about the football game and all of that, like, it's really hard to sort of stop everything, go on your phone, pull up the trailer and watch a two-minute trailer when they premiere it, like, a minute before kickoff. Yeah, You know, like, I, I... I mean, I wasn't at a party or anything. It was just me, but I don't have, I mean, I just watch live TV. I don't have cable where you can pause it and keep going. And I kind of wanted to watch the kickoff and, you know, and, and I remember like in past years with some of that, like being at a party and it being like, Oh, I'm going to go over here and watch a trailer now. You know, like, I don't know. I just like, if you're going to premiere a Super Bowl trailer, premiere it. You know, maybe you're going to have additional material and be like, go online and see it. But like, don't just have a trailer saying you can go online and see the crap we wouldn't pay for, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, like at that crucial moment, you know, like maybe by the third quarter, I don't give a crap. But doing it right at kickoff and it being like, you need to go and do it. Because like I ended up missing like the whole little like dramatic intro of the Super Bowl, which... Like I said, I actually care about the football side of it all, too. I have always felt this way, Rhiannon. I almost feel like Marvel's like, these nerds don't watch sports. It doesn't Yeah, matter. we do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, this, it just really bothered me this time. So. Yeah. Adam, have you become completely immune <laughs> to the hype train of Marvel? I feel like the answer is going to be yes. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, no, the, I mean, at least the trailer was awesome. Um, 
I didn't expect anything from Secret Innovation or anything from Disney Plus because, quite frankly, I'm not sure Marvel knows what's going on with any of that stuff yet. Um, makes sense. I mean, ads have never been more expensive. It was what on NBC or something, right? Fox. It was on Fox. Um, so it's it's not like ABC got the benefit or, or anything like that. So, yeah, whatever, man. Um, I don't think I've ever thought about that angle. Like it makes this makes more sense for Disney to pay for ads when it's on ABC because it's just out of one pocket and into the other. That's kind of right. why have I never thought about that? That's kind of smart. Um, but outside of that, yeah, cool. I, I'm very surprised that we uh, we didn't get something for Disney Plus. But then again, we uh, already know Disney Plus just recorded their first loss and. And subscribers, and and they're doing layoffs, and they're not hiring anybody. Um, so yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, as far as the actual trailer, anything particularly kind of pop out at either of you is something that you enjoyed seeing, something that you know you're wanting to see more of, any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, weirdly, it was a lot of what we saw at Comic Con, like. For me, there wasn't a whole lot new to it. I feel like this has become a tradition that Rhiannon finds multiple times throughout the year to rub in us and the listeners' faces that she gets to go to Comic-Con. <laughs> like, well, for those who didn't go to Comic-Con, then maybe it was new. But for those who were there, it was not much to see. Well, and I didn't even like. I didn't even make that conclusion. It was like I was talking to my friend about it the other day, and she was like, "Yeah, I feel like we saw it well at Comic Con," and I was like, "That's it. That's yeah. why it didn't feel new." Yeah, but you guys all got to see the little baby rocket, the little baby big eyed rocket. Yeah, and then then, but also him being like strapped into like a torture device. I feel like, which right. uh, yeah, way too far. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's it's it looks good man it looks good it's uh definitely gonna tug at some heartstrings i just hope they're not overplaying that angle of it beforehand and uh see man this 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 is the the that i'm gonna get in trouble for because now that i said something like that and overplaying it then the the then twitter's gonna come after me for having high expectations or something of that nature which is now the uh, go to defense for any pro- poor performing MCU movie, but I, death, I don't know, severely maimed. There's going to be probably several people, otherwise, this uh, I don't think the movie's going to be as happy as the other Guardian movies. Um, and I think that's probably where James Gunn excels best at. I think, I mean, I think you raise a fair question though. At this point, do they have to kill some folks in order for? You know, like, uh, have they sort of set the table that if nobody dies in this movie, everyone's going to feel misled? Because I do feel like the trailers are very heavy towards which Guardians will be murdered, right? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's what I've gotten from both of the the trailers. You know, they stopped short of actually putting that in motion graphics on the screen, you know, as a whodunit or who's dead. Um, But, you know, that's, I think, the takeaway of most people. Um, but again, it's, it comes to the expectations and things like that. So whether or not that's a fair criticism, if nobody dies, who knows? Um, but 
the the trailers would want us to believe somebody does. Well, and I remember Civil War had a bit of that conversation around it, right? Like they built up like, ooh, this is the biggest stakes of any MCU movie ever. And at the end of it, people are like, ah, oh, there wasn't enough fatalities for me to feel like that had, you know, the the gravitas that I was expecting or whatever. Right. I'm trying to remember exactly. I think they've done a good job of not giving us too much. Like I would love to know a little bit more. Um, oh, geez, I'm losing my mind. The bad guy. Adam Warlock? The tinker? Or high evolutionary. The high evolutionary. That I'm kind of interested what that's gonna look like. What he you know, like they have given us a couple shots of his face, but really not much to go by. I think they're gonna pretty clearly remix kind of his character a bit. Like, I don't think he's gonna live on Mount One to Gore given what we've seen in the mm-hmm. MCU, but like um kind of interested in where that goes. I think Warlock looks great, you know, like mm-hmm. the, it, it, it's been great to see him realize sort of under gun so that he fits in that cosmic world. If anything, I think we're still sort of waiting to see if the cosmic world is going to fit together, if it's not him sort of directing it and like giving his spin on stuff, you know, like I'm still waiting for intergalactic stuff. that's not gun, but that's kind of a separate issue. Um, but I think it's good. I think all of that has built up an interesting setting where you've got those two forces. You got Warlock and High Evolutionary, and how they're villainous or not villainous, and how the team will interact with them. I think is, you know, it's it's something I don't know, and I'm excited to go in kind of unspoiled about how all that's going to unfurl. So, yeah, I feel like they gave us a lot without giving us anything of the story to spoil it. And it's interesting after, I mean. Quantumania, it had scenes from the last 30 minutes in it in the trailer, which maybe has happened here, but it don't feel like it has. But oh, I'm sure like that. Well, I mean, go back to what? Infinity War, right? Uh, Iron Man weeping after Peter Parker. Yeah. Dusted away was in the trailer. So that's that's been going on for a while now. Um, yeah, but Ant-Man was pretty... I mean, there was like lines of dialogue and everything. You know, it wasn't like disassociated images. We can talk sure. about that in a bit, but I just feel like the the, the advertising is a little different there. All right, let's push. Let's push on to more newsy stuff. So, as we said, there was no Marvel's trailer, probably because that movie got pushed to November. Um, any thoughts about the Marvels moving back four months? Happy? Not happy? Do you care? How, you know what? What do you think's going it's- on there? It's it's not the last of delay. Um, we'll, we'll get that's for sure. Uh, you say that every I, time, I, Adam. <laughs> I mean, just wait till the Disney Plus stuff happens, and the only show we get this year is Secret Invasion and Loki. Man, um, no, it's whatever, man. At what point is it? Do you stop blaming COVID and do you start blaming executives for deciding to do so much? Uh, they don't like the word content. So, so much cinema each, each year, you know, it's, they've proven it's virtually impossible to do the 2023 workload, right? Which is three movies and how many shows? Secret Invasion, Echo, Loki, Ironheart, What If, X-Men 97. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the way they pitched it at, comic-con less than six months ago 
was or about six months ago was we're going to do four movies and four shows a year and that is turning out to not be true <laughs> at not all. true in the slightest uh well good fine if uh um if that means we don't get these hollow shoddily made movies i'm all for it you know if we get uh two if we get one black panther will kind of forever a year i'm fine with it you know it's, it doesn't make sense to at what uh at what point do you just deciding to stop risking quality you know like are that many people excited to see ant-man 4 and thor 4 now you know i mean ant-man 3 still uh performing admirably at box office but we don't know how much how much legs it has you know um i'm just trying to uh dance around the term superhero fatigue except that's exactly what I'm very much feeling right now, or at least on the Marvel side, you know, well, which is going to get a couple one-star reviews on, on iTunes. If there's even anyone listening yet. I mean, here's the thing is that, yeah, I mean, there's been a quality problem. There's there. I, I don't think it's that we're tired of what the MCU has been and tired of these movies. I think that there was an expectation of quality that there was a very high standard set and that they are struggling to keep that with the pace that they've been producing. So if slowing down means they can go back to that pace and that they can create those higher quality, that higher quality and have that interconnectedness. I mean, you know, we heard for years that we didn't have that interconnectedness between the movies and the TV shows and everything because it just couldn't be done because the pace of the production and everything couldn't be done. And I, you know, that was one of my big questions when they suddenly were like, here's our whole slate and they're going to all be connected and it's going to, you know, all tie in was like, I was like, is that suddenly not a problem anymore? And maybe it is. And, you know, maybe they're just figuring out all of this stuff and there's a lot to work through so slow it down but give me that higher quality see it's so fascinating to me because i don't think substantively there's that big of a difference in quality in that i think quantum mania is a better movie than ant-man and the wasp anything is i i do not argue with you there okay so Ant-Man and the Wasp. i do not argue with you there for no, me, I mean, I mean, and we can get into like a non-spoilery talk of it. Because yeah. um, no, I think Game Man and the Wasp is a very good movie. I think there is a... I think there is an element of it that took the Infinity Saga movies to another level that it's missing. Okay, so, but I think the thing that's really hard for people to sort out, are these movies really worse or are they just earlier in the story? Because I think what people loved is the momentum near the end for for Infinity War and Endgame. It was Black Panther and then Infinity War and then Ant-Man and the Wasp and then Captain Marvel and then Endgame and everything felt like it was building, 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 building to this big climax. But, like, I don't know, if we compare these things to Thor The Dark World or, um, you know, Iron Man 3, 
I think they're actually better movies than a lot of Phase 2 movies. I think they're equal in quality to the Phase 3 movies. They're just not at the end of a story. They're the first act of this story. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think it's just so hard. Like, I I want to line them up. I think No Way Home was as good or maybe a little bit better than the previous two Spider-Mans. I think Wakanda Forever was about as good as Black Panther was. I think Mania is better than Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is a little bit better than Doctor Strange was. So, like, when you start doing those comparisons, I think we would actually all agree that they've improved Phase 4 versus Phase 3 within the individual franchises. But yet, somehow, there's still a talk of a drop-off. And I think that's just a weird... Am I crazy there? Or am I right that generally... Like, if you do it as Black Panther movies and Ant-Man movies and Spider-Man movies, they've been generally improving within franchises. The one exception would be Love and Thunder. Most people don't like as much as Ragnarok. So I'm less talking about, like, the quality of the movies because there have been duds throughout. Right. There's 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 been movies and all of that. But when you look a lot of, at a lot of the early movies, there's an inner theme there's stuff that's deeper there's 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 more to them than just the action adventures so when we look at ant-man there is a movie where a family goes into the situation they have a challenge they defeat that challenge they you know they work through it they get through it as a family spoilers the end the first ant-man movie you have some deeper themes there you have the theme of a man trying to make his life uh having as a next con you know in a world that will not even employ you at baskin robbins as a next con you have iron man dealing with depression or dealing with ptsd you have steve rogers you know coming along you know, first as as a man that like, you know, physically incapable of living his dreams and then getting that opportunity. And then you have a man out of time story. And then, you know, the complexities of his best friend being a Hydra agent. And, you know, you, you have these deeper themes. And what I feel that Love and Thunder and now Ant-Man just sort of missed any of those deeper themes great you know ant-man great movie visually stimulating you have all of these side characters you had potential to sort of maybe have have a a a deeper meaning there i didn't see it so i came away from it of oh there's a fluffy disney movie that like you know it was enjoyable i won't remember it next week except for the parts i need to so we um, yeah we we can talk more about that when we get into Ant Man, I I think the the Captain Mar the Marvels delay is weird to me because it seems like it's mostly VFX, like it doesn't I don't get a sense that they're really upset with the movie. I think they had a release date open up because of Blade that they thought was more advantageous, and. After for the last year, everybody's saying, oh, Marvel is flogging the VFX artists and they're making them do crunch and it's inhuman and they're blacklisting companies that won't do the VFX as fast as they want. For Marvel to go like, okay, we've got space. We'll move a movie back by four months and give some more time for the VFX artists to do it 
and to have some more space and to clean it up and to not be so pressured. The same people that were like talking about Marvel is like running a VFX like sweatshop that are now like, oh, this is sign they're in trouble. It just feels disingenuous. Like, I don't know. Let them have some space it's, and time. That's you know? the thing. I mean, it's always, I can, I'm, I think it's, I think we could probably say it's never or it's very rarely a visual effects vendor's fault for a delay. Um, Disney has uh, more money than any other Hollywood studio in the history of the industry, and they still continue to pay vendors um, under regular, normal, average rates. Um, and before the the Marvel defenders come at me, because I've gotten in this debate several times, vendors bid on projects, right? Vendors, visual effects vendor, vendors will bid on the scenes. Um, and it's the it's the usual uh, city pitch, right? The lowest bid wins, essentially, effectively. Um, but at the same time, you know, if these vendors know what Disney's going to pay, they're not going to, you know, bid too high and risk losing work. You know, they have uh, visual effects artists to feed and and bills to pay and all this stuff you know what i mean what do you expect visual effects vendors to do when marvel at the 11th hour does ant-man quantum mania reshoots three weeks before the film set to have its hollywood premiere two weeks before the film's set to have its hollywood premiere you know each shot is altered in some way it's just uh it's absolutely insane and that's it's it's a catch-22 because marvel's gotten so used to perfection they push things until um the 11th hour the 12th hour you know and it's somehow never opens marvel up to to any earnest criticism i guess uh, I don't think have you guys kept people have been criticizing this stuff for a year now right like what how they treat VFX vendors, like that's well, right. But I guess like the year. I guess what I'm trying to say is Marvel fans are so ingrained in the culture of the studios that it's uh, it's not valid criticism. I guess which completely outweigh. Uh, I mean, they could release uh, a 90 minute video of Kevin Feige taking the. And it would still make five hundred million dollars at the box office, you know. I mean, that's just how how vast this empire is. Um, See, I, I feel like though these delays are Marvel acknowledging certain things. Like, if part of the problem is they're putting out too much content, which leads to too much crunch in time, too much crunch. Like, by them saying, "Hey, we're going to slow down," like. I, I, to me, that is a tacit admission. We've been doing too much too fast, and that can't but be better for the vendors, right? Absolutely. But at the same time, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a visual effects cause delay, you know, because that's the thing about the visual effects vendors. They've been working through the pandemic. Every single house has some sort of right. uh, CIA level infrastructure that allows them to work remotely, you know. So, I, I mean, People need to realize that Marvel Studios is uh, having some 
trainings and self-awareness and finally realizing they probably bit off more than they can chew. And it's just frustrating to uh, be, be saturated with all on Twitter, you know, blaming visual effects people. And then you get into the chat and it's like, you know, it's, it's blaming them for taking the low payment and, and all that stuff. You know, it's yeah. just the, the the whole the whole thing's crap, man. Hollywood's a, a racket. Uh it's it's whatever, you know, F the I, man. But. I think it cuts both ways in that I think there are people that will excuse anything from Marvel. I guess I see it the opposite way a lot on Twitter, is where it's like if Marvel puts out four movies, oh you're putting out too much, you're rushing it too much, you don't care about quality. And then when Marvel says, Okay, well, we're gonna scale back and we're gonna push some things out oh, wow, that's a sign they're in trouble. They can't get anything out on time. Like, it's not both, you know, like... Well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's going to be criticism of of every single angle involved in the in the equation, you know, but it's just that Marvel's such a fast uh, franchise. I mean, that's that's the stuff that always dominates the discourse. Yeah. Um, I think this is a unique situation with the Marvels. In that Blade got pushed because Blade legitimately had problems, right? Like, I think everybody's admitted Blade was not ready to go when they wanted to be ready to go. And so Blade got pushed. They had an open date. And honestly, I think we can forget talking about VFX or reshoots or how good the movie is. I think that Disney moves the Marvels to November purely on, I think we could squeeze another 5% out of the box office if we released it in November instead of late July. Like, I think that's enough to explain this one without having to go any further, you know? Right. Um, Along these lines, um, I should mention, Feige does say apparently Blade's filming in 10 weeks. Like, they raided the ship fast enough they're ready to film this again. Did you see that? Yeah. I mean, they had the sets built, or most of the sets built. So I, I wonder uh, how much exactly was rewritten. Um, good. That's probably one of the only things, one of the only announced things I'm, I still have a sliver of excitement for. Um, and then also we heard that Disney Plus shows are slowing down. Um, this is really fascinating to me because they have some of these like in the can, you know, <laughs> like so we're hearing that we may only get Secret Invasion and Loki this year. And they might save Ironheart and Echo for next year. But if that's true, then Agatha, which is already filming, might be late next year. But, I mean, are we expecting Daredevil to push to 2025 now? Like, is that a logical domino in my mind? Or am I just making stuff up? I think it, I think for all of it, it depends on how interconnected it is. Um, you know, how connected is Daredevil going to be to all of these other properties, which we haven't heard a whole lot about yet, um, except for Echo, that, you know, that maybe it needs to come after Echo because of things set up there. Um, Daredevil is still filming on schedule. It's, it's, I think something came out last week saying March to November of this year. So, um, it's it's different. Th- I mean, the thing about Daredevil, though, is like the question in the air there is how connected is it? Like they're not filming down in Atlanta. 
they're not using a lot of their normal you know resources so it's not like they have to wait until the stages are available or you know the resources are available or anything like that so i hope i just hope it's not delayed that long that would suck that would make me very unhappy i i think it'll probably keep its date under the condition it doesn't go the whole 18 episodes i just don't see at how at this rate they they can manage to not break it up into two or even three parts um seasons if you will even because i mean we're already talking about delaying the the shorter shows how how can they do 18 episodes you know yeah well and the thing that's weird to me and we're talking about this a little before the show my understanding of all this stuff is that they they do finance these things you know like ironheart if they borrowed 50 million dollars to make that show or even if they only borrowed 10 million like accruing millions of dollars of interest to delay that for six to 12 months, that doesn't increase the profitability. And so like, it is clear that Disney is trapped because they started doing all this stuff in a put out as much content as possible to build as many subs as possible world. And that like wall street has just changed in the last year to say, we care more about the profitability of your streamer than the amount of, subscribers you have and so like adam you mentioned that disney went down in subs generally i don't think wall street cared because now all they're asking about is how profitable is the service and it's annoying because it's a totally different set of rules that streamers are functioning under today than they were two years ago you know two years ago what are your subs what are your subs what are your subs who cares if you're making money and now wall street's like who cares about your subs are you profitable and so it's just bizarre. Like, it's so frustrating that that landscape changes, you know? And it's why at Comic-Con last year, it's like, we're going to put out four or five shows next year. And now it's like, oh, maybe we'll put out two because they're starting to worry about profitability versus, you know, subscriber growth. And it's just a weird thing. <laughs> um, any other big news stories? I mean, I think Feige did a lot of talking I mean, overall, I think the big story is just they have all this stuff announced and the more they spread it out, you know, like when you look at these TV shows at this rate, you know, that vision show they announced, that'll come in 2028, you know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, it's a weird, like accordion thing, right? Like we had all this compressed stuff and now they're expanding it and, um, I don't know. Do you guys, let me ask this question. Do you feel like there's a minimum amount of Marvel content you need to keep Disney plus like how little, how, how little Marvel stuff would they put out before you give up on Disney plus for a while? Uh, It's free with my phone plan. So (laughs) they could release nothing and I would still get it. Cause I go back and we watch the Disney channels, smart house and, and motocross and those Disney channel originals, you know, um, so I mean I'm gonna uh keep it no matter what. I think it is getting to the point though we we probably will reassess um subscriptions. Like I don't we don't use Netflix that much. Um HBO Max is probably our most used in the house. See, we just but dropped no, HBO kidding. Max because really? I realized I hadn't watched anything on it for like three for like three weeks. I was like, why do I have this? No, it's 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 our favorite, man. You haven't been watching The Last of Us, have you? No. 
Okay. I, I was going to propose changing us to a Last of Us podcast, oh, but it's it's seriously one of my favorite shows, man. It's so so beep, 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 good. Part of the reason I dropped HBO Max is there's shows like that that I'm not into at the time, but I'm like, I'll I'll go back and watch. And right. one of them was Westworld. The mm-hmm. fact that they pulled Westworld four before I even got to watch it, I frankly canceled out of spite to some degree. Like I was literally yeah. paying you fifteen dollars a month to do nothing but give me time to get around to Westworld and you couldn't even do that for me, you know? Um, I mean, Hey, Hey daddy, Zav all you want, but Zaz, um, it didn't, isn't Iger pulling some similar moves now this past week. There's been talks that way. That stuff? I, I could see Disney double doing stuff. Like I cannot see them ever pulling like one of their animated movies off Disney plus. But making it, you know, making it available on Netflix and Disney Plus at the same time, I could see him doing. But pulling something off Disney Plus to make it exclusive somewhere else. If it's profitable enough for Netflix to pay to have it on Netflix, why isn't it profitable enough for you to put on Disney Plus? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. True. There, there's tax laws and you know who knows instead of being forced to shutter lucasfilm or sell hulu you know who knows what who knows what they'll do i mean Iger's back for a reason and i would uh guess they were probably a lot more scared than than any of us ever imagined um so we'll see what? man i mean you remember we talked on this podcast what six years ago about how disney would never ever 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 buy fox right we we've had that conversation about how that would never ever happen and it was like a, a pie in the sky type thing and now look at us we're four years post merger thinking about whether or not um snow white's gonna go to netflix you know stranger things have happened yeah i'm still just trying to understand how it makes any sense for all of these companies who have their own streamers to sell their stuff to each other to stream. Like it, when Sony does it, when Sony said, Hey, we're not going to do the streamer thing. Cause we can't make money on streaming. We're just going to license. That makes all the sense in the world. But a company that has a streamer licensing out their stuff to another streamer so that they can get the dollars that they could have had if they kept it on their own. Like, I don't understand how like a dairy that sells milk out of their own dairy would be like, you know what? It'll make us a lot more money if we sell it to the grocery store down the street who will sell it at the same price and we have to give a cut to them. Like, how is that going to be better? I don't understand that, you know? I can hardly do my own taxes through TurboTax, so I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to, no, not TurboTax, whatever uh, new fintech service that'll give us ad space. <laughs> That's funny. All right. We want to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Adam has not got to see Quantum Mania yet. So this is the first uh, MCU movie I haven't seen in opening weekend. Since I don't know when. So is this just life or is it really just that like you have so I've never been busier. 
I, I've read, I, you know, it's, I get spoiled and I know what's going on. So I'll, I'm kind of see when I see it mode. Yeah. Uh, we were going to go Thursday and something else came up. So then we said, okay, well, we can go watch it some other time. Yeah. Uh, Before you go, let me just say, I have increasingly pulled out of Twitter and it really has kept my love of these things stronger. Like, yeah, I get depressed but, about the MCU just by being on Twitter because people just, I just see people's right. complaints and it's weird because I'll go, oh, that guy's wrong. But the fact that someone else doesn't like it still gets to me a little bit. And I just need to get to right. a place where I don't care. I just watch it. And if I like it, I like it, you know? Right. But I, I make a living just watching yeah. Twitter. So it's, you know, whatever. It's It helps save my sanity focusing on other stuff. I started... Uh, my first ever D and D campaign this weekend, and I think that's probably going to take over what little free time I have. It's it's awesome. We should start a campaign, an M and D, some type of kit. We could play that new Marvel role playing game that's coming out. Oh yeah, uh, Rianne's like no, <laughs> no, no. I oh. have I, I look. My only problem with D and D campaigns is people are like, let's get one started up, but then you do all that BS to get one started up, and like, here's my character, and da da da, and then like, it never happens again. Yeah, and yeah. you know, so yeah, cool. All right, Adam, we'll let you go. Right. Maybe we'll, we'll pod here soon and get your thoughts on it. Awesome. See you guys later. Okay. Yeah. All right, Rhiannon. Ant Man the Wasp, Quantum Mania, full spoilers. Uh, tell you what, let me start. I think that if people go into this movie and say, hey, this is a goofy movie made for kids, they will have a fine time with it. I, like, I think it's a fine movie. Like, yeah. like, one, okay, yeah, you cannot overthink an Ant Man movie. You can't. The physics presented in the first movie does not work. It, it you know, so you have to just ignore all of that. And then you ignore all of that. And, and then it's a fine movie. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing wrong with this movie. It did not make me mad. It's, nothing that i'll remember long term i mean maybe like you're saying it's the beginning of a saga therefore you know maybe in a couple of years down the road we're going to be like oh my gosh we have to go back and rewatch ant-man because that creature with no holes like just really turned out to be like a sign of you know like tied into all of this and all of that and i hope that it's something deeper i hope that it is something that you know as we move forward these these characters have more meaning and 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 what we experienced is more relevant but you know as it is it was a fun movie they brought in a lot of characters they made them enjoyable i enjoyed bill murray i enjoyed the guy that plays cheaty i enjoyed the little character arc of the uh creature with no holes um yeah, it was a good movie. So this may be backwards, but I do want to talk about because you brought up earlier. I did see some deeper theme. And to me, okay. a lot of the movie was about um was about doing things for self versus doing things for other people. Like 
altruism versus selfishness because okay. the challenge is ant-man when we open up is basically like all of his superheroing has helped himself out like in the first movie he does the heist just to sort of at first he's just trying to make money and then he's like sort of extorted into it by hank pym and all that stuff like um the screen crush had a really great point that very early on hank pym in the very first ant-man movie says don't you want to earn that look in your daughter's eyes when she looks up to you and i feel like this movie still continues that like cassie is asking him are you in this so that you can do a podcast and sell books and make money and be comfortable or are you in this because you really want to help people and all throughout it it's like these are quantum realm people i don't care about and they don't matter to me and she goes Oh, so just because they're smaller people than you, just because they live somewhere you don't live, you don't think it's worth saving their lives. And he sort of has to come to a point where he's like, no, being heroic means caring about folks, even if they're the little guy, right? Even the title of his book, look out for the little guy, Mm -hmm. but he's not interested in doing that early on. And Kang is a fascinating foil to that in that Kang clearly does not care about little like he's only thinking about the big picture he has no interest in who gets hurt on his way and then janet is sort of this interesting sort of in between like she cares about what's happening in the quantum realm but we see how when she left the quantum realm it led to disaster for other people like bill murray's character and she sort of cared for herself and returned to her family and looked out for her own family before caring about all these people who are being, you know, oppressed by Kang. And so I just feel like there's a lot in this movie about, you know, do you do what's best for you and your family? The fact that Scott was going to hand over the ability to destroy universes to Kang, as long as he got Cassie back. Like, I don't know. I I, I feel that there, but maybe that's, I don't know. Is that yeah. a stretch on my part? No, it's fine. And I'm sure it's some of the stretches in the early movies, um, yeah but i i didn't feel a super deep thing but i'll give it to you that it could have been there that it was there (laughs) like i think this was a good solid movie yeah well and it's worth saying that i mean the ant-man franchise has not been your favorite throughout right like so really so it's one that i did not expect to like and when i saw the first movie i did like it and the second movie literally all i remember about the second movie is that they had walton goggins and did not use him to his potential um but i really liked the first movie like i didn't expect to and you know i went into it once you ignore the physics because the physics is stupid um (laughs) I liked it. Yeah. How did you did you enjoy the quantum realm? I mean, was it a different? I did. We talked about is it is it too much like space? Is it too Star Warsy? You know, what did you think about all that stuff? It was very Star Warsy. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this, but I've just started watching the Star Wars movies for the very first time from the very beginning, the like seventies movies. So, like, I couldn't tell if it was very Star Wars-y or if it's just that I've been watching Star Wars. Um, But I feel like it was, yeah, I mean, it was a space movie. I felt like this was a cosmic movie. You know, like, who cares? Are they small or are they, like, out in space or whatever? Um, 
I feel like it had some really I feel like it had some really unique um you know yeah some unique ways about going things I loved the drink the ooze thing like give me a nice little you know simple way to explain how everybody understands each other boom drink the ooze yep. done um I, I I liked a lot of that I kind of enjoyed that there was um how does this gonna make sense it's a permeable world like the fact that so many things are like gooey or jelly and like there was a lot of like sticking your hands into something or like the idea that in the quantum realm like nothing has skin like everything is kind of like jiggle jello jigglers you know all over the place i just felt like it was something that gave it consistency that there was sort of a like weird like gummy worm sort of feel to a lot of the textures kind of helped hold it all together if that makes sense yeah yeah no that makes sense and when you talk about i mean the reason to me it's very star warsy is like i was talking with my kids in language arts class they always taught you like man versus man or man versus society or man versus nature and star wars does this thing a lot where it's like it's just the heroes trying to not get eaten by something you know it's like a man versus nature plot we don't get that a lot in Marvel, but there was in this movie that it's just a scary world where there's a lot of stuff that wants to eat you alive and being on the run through a weird jungle where something's going to go like that is a kind of thrill that we don't often see in an MCU movie, I think, which um, which I, I think gives it its own character, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then it does come together, like all of those um, creatures that in the beginning that were enemies came together to be a part of the big fight and on their team in the end. Are you excited to be seeing Kang a lot from here on out? How did you feel it went and particularly how does it fit in with what we saw in Loki and all that stuff? I feel like every time we're seeing Kang, they're taking Kang and then they're like, Oh, but this is the weaker Kang. I don't know. I mean, if you have an infinite number of any character, there's going to be a version of it that's awesome or that's like horrendous or, or, you know, ridiculous. I was really sad that we didn't see. And I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's like pulled the scene at the end of the Coliseum full of Kings to see these, but I'm like, I want to see a cartoon King and I, you know, like I want to see your off the wall variations. Um, because we live in a everything everywhere all at once so there's no like kangs it's like just a rock with googly eyes you know right 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 i want to see a king with hot dog fingers and a king with googly <laughs> eyes and well and multiverse of madness we saw the cartoon world so give me the cartoon king give me <laughs> at this point i can't keep track what was everything everywhere all at once and what was multiverse of madness but yeah the world like, it's all paint or whatever yeah 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 give me the variations um i don't know but like by the time i left the theater we had come up with a theory that like king eradicated those kings early on or whatever um <laughs> right because they had deficiencies in their abilities to fight right like the rock yeah. one got hit with a sledgehammer so he's gone that makes sense yeah yeah uh somebody's sitting on the rock one or something but yeah so i you know like i'm ready to see the king that's the real enemy like you know like because 
because we've been convinced that some of these kings are the good kings and we're dealing with the nicer kings, you know, and that they're there to protect the universe from the supreme king or something. So I don't know. I'm just kind of ready. I'm, yeah. I, I, or I look forward to, so like the kings that we've seen, like, fine, fine. Um, They haven't like instilled any fear in me yet except for just yeah nice foreshadowing which the mcu does very well so it is interesting because you know i hadn't thought about this until you were talking thanos it was like i am inevitable and there was this sense of like particularly after infinity war how would they possibly kill thanos ever like that's how it felt yeah we've had two kings and they're both dead in 45 minutes right like i mean yeah and they were both kind of nice guys for a lot of it and you know yeah i i kind of expected this movie we were going to get to know like an evil king or the evil king um king the conqueror well but it's tricky because it's like when we saw thanos it's like we're introduced to him by like oh he killed loki and he captured thor and he beat the crap out of hulk and this king, we're like, oh, he lost to Sylvie, the Loki variant, and Ant-Man. <laughs> you know, like, it's, I, I, it's, it is kind of a stark difference. Um, I did, I felt like they did an okay job balancing characters. You know, like, I felt like I was happy with how much Janet we got, that she finally had something to do other than just be lost in the quantum realm like she was for two movies. Like, seeing her time and seeing her opposite Kang letting michelle pfeiffer actually like show off her acting chops a little bit i thought was great um i thought the bill murray stuff i I told my wife perfect amount of bill murray if it had been any more i probably wouldn't have been happy but i was happy with what we got yeah yeah Um, i really love that hank got his moment when the ant army invades and it was just like his moment of pride like i told you these ants were something worth like keeping track of like as a comic character that's had a really long history and a difficult history. I love seeing him have his own little heroic moment. You know, the one character it seemed like they were ashamed of was wasp. And I almost wonder if there was more for her. And then she spouted her mouth off on social media about stuff. And Disney just like downsized her because like there's stuff for Cassie, there's stuff for Scott, there's stuff for Janet, there's stuff for Hank. Oh yeah. Hope's here too, but ignore her. Like, did you feel that at all? I, I did, well, I mean, yeah. And some of this is like, I did nothing to prepare myself going in to remember all of the, you know, like I barely remember Ant-Man and the Wasp. So like there was a lot of aspects of it that fell out of place to me, but yeah, I don't feel like there was a lot of it to her. And also, like, that moment at the end where, like, she comes back to be with him and the love story aspect of it just kind of felt like we didn't see any of that. I didn't see enough of that to feel it wholeheartedly, but it was there. And, you know, I know it's probably not fair to rewrite the movie. I feel like you could have very easily added one or two scenes at the very beginning where like their careers are both going great, but it's like, they don't have time for each other. 
and yeah. it feels like they're growing apart and and even something like and you know i could just see scott or her looking at the other one and going like it just feels like your life has taken off and you won't even come back to take me with you and then when she comes back at the end to come back to take it like you know what i'm saying like a scene like that would have added so much resonance to her coming back for him that wasn't there. And it wouldn't have been hard, like just a little subplot. Uh, and then when they got separated in the quantum realm, it could be like, Cassie be like, Oh, I'm sorry that, you know, we got separated. And he like, well, we've been separate a lot lately. You know, like, I don't know. It's just like, I can imagine how with four minutes of runtime, you could have given another subplot of the two of them that would have done something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've asked this before. Do you feel like we need another Ant Man movie, or can we just <laughs> feel like this could be enough? Um, I mean, I I I want more of Cassie Lang. I enjoyed Cassie. I enjoyed I enjoyed the family dynamic. I really enjoyed like the whole little family that we were given here. I would take like more movies. Them having of them. dinner at the beginning, I thought was awesome. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah, having dinner with, I mean, the Scott-Cassie dynamics, like her being in prison and him, you know, like, I enjoyed all of that. I, I would enjoy all of it. Yeah, I would enjoy more. It's just like, what would they, where would they take it to give us another movie? Like, that's, this is one. I would almost take a Disney Plus show of the Lang Pym family. Um, Lang Pym Van Dyne family just going about their daily life yeah i mean like i guess overall i did enjoy it maybe i'll watch it again sometime yeah i think i really do feel like and i know people may not agree but like to me it really is an expectations thing like i enjoyed this a lot more in iron man 3 or thor the dark world or for me, I enjoy it more than Thor Ragnarok, but I know that's just me. But like, in the end, I don't know. It feels a little exhausting that people feel like Marvel movies at this point all have to be like genre redefining. Like in the end, it was worth 15 bucks in two hours of my time. And that's all I really need from a movie. Like it's nice when it's something more, but like, if people on the street said, Hey, would you recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like it's a good time, you know, it's a, it's a good use of a couple hours on a Saturday. Sure. Like I don't feel like it needs to be anything more than that. And I think it ha- that's what I find exhausting about Twitter is nobody even says anymore. Like, did you enjoy it? Or do you have a fun time? Or was it a good afternoon spent? It's like, well, it, it wasn't as good at, you know, like they immediately compare it to the other things and the rankings. And I don't know, maybe we've helped build the subculture, even with the podcast, but like this thing where everything has to be ranked against each other. And it, it's not enough to just be like, Oh, that was fun. And I, I don't know. I'm rambling at this point, but. I mean, I think it's really just that you also have like, this is the cornerstone of a multi-billion dollar corporation you know like they've put a lot onto the success of these movies and of this brand and of the marvel brand 
And therefore, it feels like every single movie, you know, and they built it up to billion dollar movies. So I think it's, it's, it's become like the Duke University of college basketball um, of movies, like, like Duke University was amazing for decades. And they always won. And so you have some people that are just really big fans of Duke. They're going to love them no matter what. And then you have like the rest of the world that just really wants to see them fail. Yeah. You know, they, they, they just really looking for that game that they're going to show that they're human and fall on all of that. And I think that's where Marvel is like Marvel was the behemoth. It, it, it was guaranteed billion dollar movies. It was the best of the best. And now it's wobbling. It's, it's going through this you know they ended that phase they're going into the new i don't know to keep the basketball you know like they're they're getting their new recruits they're they're building up their new coaching staff they're having staffing changes people still kind of want to see them fail and sometimes that overshadows the you know the actual quality and the respect for how good it is yeah well, and I think some of this too is the film industry has changed. Now, don't yeah. get me wrong; there there are still billion dollar movies, but when people are like, "Well, Marvel's clearly going down because they don't make a billion dollars anymore," they still have like this was the top movie of the weekend by a hundred million dollars, and yeah. Disney is not going to stop making these because they're insanely po- you know like profitable. And if DC still is going to be pumping out movies at the rate of two a year, given how profitable they've been historically, Disney's not going to stop with Marvel. So like the idea of people either worrying or hoping that Marvel will go down, it just is not going to happen anytime soon. And I think some of the, even the wobbles you mentioned, I mean, creatively we can debate whether they're better or worse. When you look at financially, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was the same level hit as Black Panther or Captain Marvel. Once you take away Chinese box office and once you factor in Disney Plus and streaming and the way cinema has changed between 2018 and 2022, like they're roughly the same size hit movie. And so it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's wobbling. I think Marvel's marvel's overall ability to make money and it lessening is more a sign of how much sicker the cinematic box office is overall than anything else and it may come to a point where it means marvel has to cut budget some but i don't think i don't really think if you're objectively looking at these movies are doing objectively any worse than they were a couple years ago when you factor in market factors you know yeah no i agree but people want to see that wobble i mean that's the thing is like people are looking at it to see every little thing as a wobble and a sign that it's going to fail and it's everything from people just hating the person that's ahead to you know wall street and you know the impact the the effect that this has on this billion dollar company well and I have to be, I think this is probably more introspective. Than I need to be, we watched Spider-Man with my kiddos the other day back from 2002. 
Yeah. And there's a piece of me that is still like a teenager who saw Spider-Man and was like, oh, thank God I was alive to see this. I didn't know we'd ever get a movie like this. And was just happy we got one, you know? And so when people yeah. talk about Marvel, Marvel going down, I'm like, this thing brings me too much joy. I don't want it. Like, I feel an existential dread, like that Marvel will go down. That's completely irrational just because I love it. And I don't want this thing that I love to go away, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. Cool. All right. Well, I'm hearing noises that suggest it may be bedtime. I'm hearing little voices that yeah. need to go to bed. Yeah. So, I mean, I've yawned at least five times. All right. Well, thanks for <laughs> being on the podcast, Rihanna. We will. Thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks for everybody supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we'll be back soon, guys. We'll get Adam's uh, thoughts on Quantum Mania, and we'll see you.